There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Movies and movies, Howard, not life. Hello, you're listening to Known For, a filmography podcast with me, Bob Shoy, and my co-host. Hi, it's Becca. And we are talking about the filmography of Kate Blanchett yeah. on this episode, mm-hmm. which was chosen for chosen by you? Yeah. Yes, because I chose Sam Rockwell and Kate Blanchett. And she's got such a massive like back catalogue that's taken us this long to get, get through some of them okay well I will say first of all apologies it's taken so long we, I, to be fair I did have a month off of podcasting in October but yeah. still this should still have been up by now um, we did say it might take a while at the end of the last episode because this is a it's a big back catalogue yeah films. she's done so much and like all super varied well the thing is after we did the Tom Hanks one and the Meryl Streep one we said, okay, we're not going to watch so many films this time mm. from now on. And so Sam Rockwell, we've got good balance. Yeah, we did. But also when we choose an actor, I look at their filmographies. Right. And we sort of put aside the ones we've already seen, unless yeah. we want to watch one of them again. And we pick out any ones where they got like significant nominations for yeah. performance on. Mm-hmm. And then we just sort of scour through them and think, well, what ones look interesting? Yeah. And with this one, so many looked interesting. We were, oh, I want to watch that. Yeah. That it just took us a long time. So we watched a hell of a lot of films. Yeah. We can't talk about every, all of them. No, there's so many. But uh, we'll, 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 we'll do what we normally do. Talk about the IMDb known for, top yeah. four. Yeah, so we'll sort of take a look at her back catalogue and, um, you know, pick some out that we think are worth mentioning, but there's yeah. definitely a lot there. We'll mention all the ones we watched, but we won't necessarily be going too in-depth on some of them if they weren't too interesting. But first of all, why Kate Blanchett? Um, I think because I'd seen her... I hadn't seen her in a lot of stuff, but I'd, when I had seen her in stuff, she'd been, like, pretty awesome. Um, and, like like I said, like, really varied roles, so she's not really got, like, a like a super stereotype Mm-hmm. Um, that like she, the role she like just chooses and fits into. There's definitely stuff that she leans into, I think, a little bit more than others. But okay. um, but yeah, she just seemed like a really interesting. I wanted to just explore more of her uh, um, like filmography, basically. Yeah, and um, you said that she leans into certain things. What would you say are some of her traits or things that she's commonly associated with? And she's quite good at like accents. Yeah, I, I wrote. I did. I had a think about this earlier. I wrote yeah. down a couple of things. So accents, definitely. Yeah, 
I mean, you wouldn't know um, that she's Australian. No, we watched, I think, of all the films we watched, and like we said, we watched a lot. Yeah. We only saw one where she actually even had an Australian accent. Yeah. Um, but then loads of films, Irish accents, American accents, uh, British accents. Yeah, she's very good at that. Um, <laughs> Russian accents, if you want to count Indiana Jones 4, <laughs> and if you want to call that an accent. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, but super varied. Um, also, this is a weird thing to for me to notice, but so many of her films are the name of a character, right? Is the, which is the character she plays? Yeah. So like Carol, Blue Jasmine, uh, Veronica Guerin. Yeah. Like there's uh, Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. They're just like yeah, it's a weird thing to notice. But I know well, when Oscar I look through the list, Oscar and Lucinda, yeah. like the title character is in the name of the film. Yeah. Just, just like a weird information like, I made. Biographies in there. Yeah, a few of those. Um, yeah, so you said she was born in Australia. She now lives in the UK. Wow, cool. Yeah, I found that there. She lives in Sussex. Really? Yeah. Why? <laughs> Why not? <laughs> um, and she's had quite a few um, Oscar nominations. She's yeah. um, been nominated four times for lead actress, won once. Cool. And another three times for supporting actress and won once. Cool. So, what did she win for? Uh, we'll go through it when we get to those oh, films because okay. I've made notes on the individual films so, rather than as a whole. At the time we started, her IMDb top four was uh, Carol, Blue Jasmine, The Aviator, and Lord of the Rings. Okay. And Lord uh, of the Rings isn't in there anymore, is it? No. So it's now Carol, Blue Jasmine. Elizabeth and the Aviator. Okay. So it swapped out Lord of the Rings for Elizabeth. I've checked it a couple of times while I've been watching the films and that seems pretty standard. Like those those five just films seem out. to just change around, but it's always yeah. those five, mm. it seems, or since we've been doing it. So um, those of you who haven't listened to the show before, we talk about the four films that the character's known for on IMDb and sort of what we think of them. And then we... Uh, go right back to the beginning of their back catalogue and sort of work our way from the beginning to the current time, uh, just sort of spotlighting the ones we watched or the ones we liked and to just talking a little bit about them. Mm. And then finally we decide if if the... We, well, we talk about our favourite ones, but we also decide if the four that they're currently known for on IMDb are what we think they should be known for yeah. or if we can sort of make our own known for between us. Mm. Yeah. So... um I guess we'll get straight into it and, and talk about her IMDb known fors. Mm-hmm. So uh, what was the first one, did you say? So the first one's Carol. Carol. Mm. And this is actually way uh, newer than I realised. Yeah. I thought when I thought this was an older film and we watched it, I thought, I'd, I obviously I knew it was like an old film, but I didn't realise it was so new. Yeah. It's like 2016? 15. 2015. Yeah. Yeah. I thought this was like 10 years old, but yeah, it's, not, it's only a, sort of a few years. Mm. Um, so what did you think of this it's one? It's got a really nice kind of like period filter though. So I guess it could be, it's like 1950s. Yeah, so. maybe that's why, why it felt um, older to me because it is that period piece and it's it's filmed in a way which is quite soft. Mm, yeah. Um, so it's not like super sharp like a lot of, like a lot of modern films are. Mm. Um, but yeah, what did you think of Carol? I, I hadn't seen this till we watched it for the show. I really liked it. Um, it was really good. Her um, co-star, Rooney Mara, was like really, really good in it. Mm-hmm. She was sort of like an adoring um, 
like photographer, aspiring photographer, and she sort of like gets becomes infatuated with um, Kate Blanchett's character. She falls for an old woman. She has a little yeah. bit of. She meets her and likes her and has a little bit she's of a just, sexual awakening. Yeah, she's quite. Uh, Kate Blanchett's character is quite um, charismatic. She's and, quite enigmatic. I, yeah. was the word I always thought. Of. She's quite mysterious. Yeah, and sensual. Yeah. Um, like the way she is with her when they first meet, you can see why she would fall for her because yeah. I feel like anyone would if she would talk to them that way. Do you know? What yeah. I mean? So like her attention is very mm. like precious. Yeah, it's almost like you feel grateful for her to pay attention to yeah. you. Yeah, so I, I really, really liked it. Anyway, the apartment's a nice big one. It's big enough for two. I was hoping you might like to come live with me, but I guess you won't. Would you? I don't think so. I'm meeting some people at the Oak Room at nine. If you want to have dinner, if you change your mind, I, I think you'd like them. You said about her and Rooney Mara, and they are really sort of the two characters in it. There's a, obviously not the only two characters in it, but they're the main. They take up all the screen time. Yeah. And this is the interesting controversy with this film in terms of nominations. So this is one of the ones that um, Kate was nominated for. She didn't win it. Right. She was nominated for lead actress. Mm-hmm. And Rooney Mara was nominated for supporting actress. Right. Even though... Rooney Mara had more screen time oh, really? than Kate Blanchett. So what denotes someone being lead actress and supporting actress? And these sort of debates yeah. come up every now and then. Is it, um, I mean, I don't know, but is it to do with sort of like seniority, I guess? Because like Maybe. Kate Blanchett's been around longer. She's got more films under her belt and things I mean, like that. it wasn't a substantial amount of more screen time. It was like a few percent. Right. But it's still like, why is that? But maybe it is, it is seniority. Maybe it's, she's playing the title character as well. The film's called Carol. Yeah. She is playing Carol. Yes. Yeah, maybe. That might have to do, that might have a lot of like gravitas toward the, the decision making there of mm. like, of the nominations. But, um, but yeah, I like this film. Mm. Um, I didn't yeah, like it really as much good. as you. I really liked it. I thought it was beautifully shot. Yeah. Um, and framed. There's some really nice like framing in it. Yeah. Uh, which I really, really liked. Um, but yeah, like I said, I, I liked it. I didn't mm. love it. It wasn't right. like one of my absolute faves, but I did. It was. I did really enjoy it. So next is Blue Jasmine, which is pretty much always in her top four. Oh, for good reason. Right. This is the one she won her Oscar for. Okay. Wow, really? Yeah, and not only that, for this role as Jasmine, mm-hmm. um, she has the record for um, most nominations for for a role of any actress ever. Whoa, wow. So um, she received 42 different lead actress nominations for this role. Wow. Which is, yes, this the record. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. So it's basically about... Um, New York socialite's downfall, 
pretty much. She kind of goes to stay with her sister, isn't it? And um, this is fairly recent as well, isn't it? 2013. 2013, okay, mm. so it's fairly recent. And um, I'm not going to talk about the director, obviously controversial figure. Mm. I'm going to take that out of the equation. Mm. Um, I'm going to take that out of the equation. I'm just going to look at this as a film. I really like this film. Um, and I really thought she was good in it. Yeah. Because she was such a difficult role to play. She's playing someone who has had everything and now kind of has nothing, but still wants the airs and graces of that person who has everything, mm. but doesn't know how to function around, like, quote-unquote, regular people. Yeah. And she's got all sorts of, like, sort of mental issues going on as well. She's distracted, she's talking to herself, but it doesn't feel cartoony with it. No. Even though some parts of the film are quite cartoony. She's very... If she's At some points, it feels like very, like, split personality. She's yeah. sort of putting on a face... Um, of with her sort of like airs and graces and you know she's yeah putting on a face for like the people around her to I, make it for you know, herself as well I pretense think pretense up that she's still um, well to do I think she's deluded as well like she's putting yeah. up for herself yeah I want to go back to school I want to get my degree and become you know something substantial can't just do some mindless job. Oh, I was forced to take a job selling shoes on Madison Avenue. Oh, so humiliating. Friends, I'd had a dinner parties. Our apartment came in and I waited on them. I mean, do you have any idea what that's like? No, one minute you're hosting women and the next you're measuring their shoe size and fitting them. Erica Bishop came into the store. She saw me. Was so embarrassed for me. She slipped out thinking I didn't see her. I saw you, Erica. Are you okay? Um, but it was super complex character yeah. to play. Mm. Um, I can see why she received so many nominations. Yeah. Actually, I've got a quote about that here, which I thought was quite interesting. So this is from just the IMDb trivia, but I just pulled this out. So in uh, Sophia Loren's memoir, Yesterday, Today and Tomorrow, My Life, the screen legend reveals that she still absorbs inspiration from other actors to enhance her own acting portrayals, saying, this is the quote, mm. Recently I was struck by the last scene in Blue Jasmine, where Kate Blanchett has an expression on her face that I had never seen before. That expression crept inside me and it lies there waiting to germinate a new plant, a new flower. I just thought that was interesting because I was very struck by that final shot as well. Where she's like really disheveled. She's just all she's sat just on the like... bench, on the park bench, just talking to herself and yeah. kind of out of it. Mm. Um, and yeah, that, reading that quote sort of awakened that for me. Like, yeah, that is like a really, just a facial expression says a lot yeah. about what's going on. Also, you're just like, what is going on inside your head? Mm. Yeah. I just thought it was an interesting quote. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the, the only other thing about a little, little factoid trivia bite thing about this. So she um, stars alongside Sally Hawkins, mm. plays her sister. I really love Sally Hawkins. I yeah, think she's, she's a really great. underrated actress. Um, I'm always happy to see her pop up in things. But um, they're like polar. Like they're yeah, sisters, they're so different they're, to each other. Yeah, they're like totally different. And um, that like relationship between them is really interesting how it plays out. Well, the, uh, Kate and Sally in 
whilst filming got on really well and mm. they actually spent a long time together like crafting their characters backstories and mm. their relationship with each other and they had this whole sort of history that they'd made up together oh, that's cool. so that when they were around each other they could, even things that were mentioned in the script about something that happened in the past they fleshed out between them like what do you think they could be referencing there mm. and really digging in so when they would have conversations for the actual from the script they knew how they felt about it they and... could react with that idea of like memory and history yeah and it's really interesting as i was actually researching some of these films today after we watched them it was interesting to see there's a few times like that where Kate Blanchett will put in quite a bit of preparation before mm. a role, mm-hmm. um, be it that or, you know, learning a skill will come to some later. But yeah, yeah, that's cool. I think it definitely, yeah, makes a stronger performance. So that's that. Um, then we've got what's next. Um, so let's do The Aviator. The Aviator. Mm. Which was a pretty cool film. I, I really like this film. I, I will say as well that the, the known for the top four i'd never seen any of these four before yeah so these were all new to me and um they're all very different from each other yeah but the aviator i loved um it's a martin scorsese film so it's super long Mm. i mean she definitely it's definitely like a leonardo like film Ah, but she was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for this film right. and won. This is oh, her other wow. Oscar win. Yeah, fair, because she was great in it. Yes. Um, when it's she very f- much a Leonardo film, but she was fantastic in it. When she pops up on screen the first time, mm. it's almost because she's playing, obviously it's a, a biography, she's so they're playing, playing real Ka- people. So She's, she's playing uh, Catherine Hepburn, Catherine Hepburn, yeah. And it's almost like, first of all, it's quite jarring. It's almost like a cartoony caricature, over-the-top version of yeah. her. And then I think she was actually just like that, quite... Out there. Yeah, large mm. character, character. So it relied on that caricature. Yeah. And actually, like flamboyant it's a really good, fun depiction. Yeah, because also then when she's more like tender and serious, it just like makes it that much interesting to watch. Yeah, because cause she's quite a... brash when you first meet yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. She's very... Um, I would just say like like 1920s New York, there's like a whole flamboyant kind of um air to people i think in that era um especially if you're in like the you know amongst like social hierarchy stuff the the socialites and the yeah yeah especially if you're amongst like socialites (laughs) i think they're all quite they put on like a flair yeah well it talks about her preparing for roles Mm. um so for this one at scorsese's request um she First of all, he was just like, I want you to watch the first 15 films of Catherine Hepburn's filmography. Wow. And just analyze these first 15 films and get the right poise. Mm-hmm. Um, get what, what, Like mannerisms. and Yeah, that was it. That's what he said, mannerisms and poise. That was, yeah. that was the other word I was thinking of. Um, get the right mannerisms, get the right poise, and, and just study those first 15 films. Yeah. And then also, she tried to do things the way that Hepburn would so she got into the habit of taking cold showers which Hepburn was famous famously known for doing so she in preparation for the role and during the film only take cold showers she learned um, like a bit of method acting a little bit bit. yeah she learned and got um, tried to get into the hobbies that Hepburn would have so she would and they're on film Mm. um, mainly golf and tennis 
Right. So, you know, she never played either of those. So she learned to play golf. She learned to play tennis. She was doing them mm -hmm. in her spare time. And then obviously the scenes of her uh, playing golf and stuff in the film. Yeah. So it was just trying to get into that role a little bit. Because mm. obviously it's quite a daunting task. You're pay playing like a, a real life legend yeah. of the screen. And there's so much footage of her and like documentation. So if, if it's not quite right, you're sort of going to know about it. Yeah. And you're working... You're doing a role for for Martin Scorsese, who's one of the most you know, famous directors of yeah. all time. It's quite a big honour for him to to want you onto his films, so mm. you you don't want to let him down as well. Yeah. You're not extending enough on your follow through. Follow through is everything in golf, just like life. <laughs> don't you find? Saw your Scarface picture. Violent. Realistic. Movies are movies, Howard, not life. Now, the stage. The stage is real. Real flesh and blood human beings right out there in front of you, buster. Can't look away. Can't munch popcorn. That would be rude. Do you like the theater? No. Oh, I adore the theater. Only alive on stage. I'll teach you. We'll see some Ibsen. If the Republicans have an outlaw at him by now. <laughs> You're not a Republican, are you? Couldn't abide that. How did you uh, vote in 32? Well, I didn't. You must. It's your sacred franchise. I think her and Leonardo were like really good together. Like mm. their um, charisma alongside each other was like really good. It's a really cool film as well. Like fascinating. Yeah, because I didn't know too much about Howard Hughes. Yeah, I knew like the general stuff which I've absorbed from other media, which has mm. mentioned him. But I think he's more well known, obviously in America, where he is an American. Mm. So yeah, I sort of know of him. I knew bits about him. So that's just learn about. Howard Hughes yeah. was really interesting yeah. as well. And like his lifestyle and everything and just like, yeah, it was fascinating. So I definitely recommend that as a watch. Yeah. And I guess if if we do, if and when we do a, a Leo episode, we can talk about it more in depth mm. because we're more focusing on Kate's characters for now. Yeah. Um, and then the final uh, one in the top four. At the moment, it's Elizabeth. Elizabeth. Okay. And what did you think of Elizabeth? I loved it. Really? Yeah. This I, is way more your thing than mine. Uh, it's right up my street. I love, um, yeah, like historical dramas and stuff. Um, so, yeah, she just plays Elizabeth, the first uh, Queen of England, and it's sort of her coming to sort of take the throne, basically, and, like, settle into that position. It's, like, the first, like, few years of her um, reign, which is, like, super tumultuous. I guess. Yeah, and it's about her. Um, they're trying to find a suitor for her, but she's not all that interested. She keeps brushing in them off, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's about her sort of like just pushing back against the uh, like old um, regime. Yeah, kind of regime and like what's like expected of her yeah, and stuff. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's literally just like you're a female queen therefore you have to marry a suitor therefore our country gets stronger because of this like union between countries but she actually quite coyly sort of keeps them um hanging like the yeah. whole time she does it quite well and just like dances around them a little bit and it's just like yeah i'll kind of like see this guy and that guy but i'm not gonna like lock it down with like a marriage which is quite good I love you. I have always loved you. I was afraid of losing you because I was not free. For God's sake, you are still my Elizabeth. No. I am not your Elizabeth. 
I am no man's Elizabeth. And if you think to rule, you are mistaken. I will have one mistress here. And no master! So, um, this isn't my favourite type of film. Right. And I know you love these sort of historical films. And I do like historical biographies, but I'm just, I have little to no interest of English monarchs. Sure. Um, and that stuff, sadly. <laughs> yeah, so did you, did you enjoy it or were you just like not really fun? It was fine. It, these films, they're all the same to me. Right. You know, if it's like, it's a genre that is, it's all right to me, but I mm. don't, I don't seek them out and I don't love them. And when I watch them, they all feel the same. Yeah. So, um, so we'll, we'll probably talk about it a bit later, but there was a sequel to this. Yeah. The Golden Age. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't feel like that was as like successful. Well, that's the general consensus on it. It's mm. kind of panned a little bit. Like this is loved and mm. that one's panned. Mm. To me, they were both just the same. Like right. that's every film of this type. It's just the same to me. I had no idea that one was good and one was bad. I just watched them both and were like, they're both films. (laughs) It just felt like exactly the same thing to me. Okay. Um, But this was the the, the big thing about Elizabeth. Yeah. Is that it was the film that got her noticed. Right. This was... One of her Most people had never heard of her. Yeah. The director... It's 1998, isn't it? So... Yeah, the director of it saw her in some promotional materials for Oscar and Lucinda before that film had even come out. Right. Which was like kind of her first major film and even that wasn't a big release Mm. Uh, he saw her in the promotional materials of that and thought perfect i want her for Mm. the elizabeth movie Mm. then she was relatively unknown cast in this film which was quite big Mm. and it's a really big film and then suddenly she was internationally known based based off of this and she was nominated for lead actress for this film as well this was a nomination and like yeah so early on in her career it's like a real like culminative yeah, I read a little bit of an interview Important. with her um, from the first Oscars that she was at, from the mm. one that she was nominated for this, and they they basically said, do you feel a bit disappointed for not winning? Mm. And she was like, not really. Like, it's amazing that I got nominated. I'm just paraphrasing. I can't remember what it was. It's amazing that I got nominated um, so young. Yeah. I think she was only... She's in her 20s. Mm. Um, it's amazing that I got nominated. And... And it's probably a better thing that I don't win yet because wouldn't it be a shame if I peaked Too this early? early? Yeah. yeah, like this was the peak. Yeah. And then she obviously went on to win Touché. Win more later. Yeah. Yeah, she's really good in it. I think she does um, embody Elizabeth like, very well. Mm-hmm. So I liked it. So they're the, the top four, the known mm. four films on IMDb currently. Yeah. Do you think they're a good representation of, of her though, those four? Yeah, I think so. Do you think by the end of it, when we put together the ones that we think she should be known for, there's going to be some substitutions from these? Um, yeah, potentially. I don't know. Well, I guess we'll have to wait and see. Well, it's just on the on the uh, Sam Rockwell one. Yeah. We hummed and hard and debated and deliberated. And then at the end, we're like, yeah, they're the four. <laughs> like, we just agreed. Yeah, I guess we'll come to that after once we like chat through it, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I'm not... I don't know yet. It's going to, because we we watched these over such a long period, it's going to be interesting to revisit, sort of refresh myself on these films. Mm. Um, and when we go through them from from the beginning, yeah, maybe some will stand out to me and I'll have fonder recollections of some mm. and, and they'll really, you know, stand out in memory for me. But um, yeah, let's let's head into the filmography. 
So scrolling all the way down to the bottom of uh, the filmography, the first film on there that we watched in the first one sort of major film she did mm. was Oscar and Lucinda. Yeah, it was in, yeah, 97. Yeah, and even then it's not really a major film. It's kind of a small film. Mm-hmm. But like you said, it got her notice for like Elizabeth, um, which was like, which came after that. So it's a pretty, it's quite important, I suppose, in her... Yeah, like it wasn't even the film itself. Like I said, it was the promotional material that was out that mm. the director of Elizabeth saw her in. So she she was noticed kind of straight away. Yeah. But um, in this film, she stars alongside uh, Ray Fiennes. Yep. She's an Australian heiress. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you sort of see them... You see them like separately, don't you? For like a, a, for, for a while, you see yeah. him and then you see her. Um, but they both... Um, they both sort of like develop this like gambling addiction and then they meet and sort of the story goes from there really. Um, it's really interesting. Yeah. Like you say, you see them separately. You see each one of them sort of become interested in gambling and develop that addiction before they meet. And then when they realize each other are into the gambling, that's when they have this connection Yeah, and it's their sort of life from there on. Because Ray Fiennes plays a, he's a priest, isn't he? So it's kind of like, He's very, um, like, conflicted about mm-hmm. gambling, and she's sort of, like, there to... He is. He... I guess she, he, she's not really his, like, enabler, but they just do it together, and it's sort of... Well, yeah, because they both... It's almost like, you know, you're trying to kick a habit, and you're yeah. both trying to do it at the same time, so if one of you falters, the other one does. Yeah. But uh, first of all, they're just loving. They love gambling, and they love gambling together, yeah, yeah. and they just find it fun. Yeah. They don't even do it for the money. It's just fun to them. Like the thrill, yeah. Yeah, it's like like you say, he's involved with the church. He just... He finds it an easy way to make money, because he's... He, Finds just, it easy, he's talented, actually. and he just gives yeah. the money straight to the church. And it's not, but he not, knows it's a sin, so he doesn't understand. And yeah, not for profit. Hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting. The story is like bizarre and like takes a like really some cool turns and like unexpected things happen. So, but what did what did you actually think of the film? I liked it. It was interesting. Um, like towards the end, Kate Blanchett's character's not in it like as much as she is in the beginning because it follows mostly on like Ray Fine's character, but. Yeah, she's, there there is a a poor a, a turn in the film, the third, the final act, where yeah. he sort of splits off and it follows him before yeah. she comes back right at the end. But yeah, it's quite she's quite good. But it's an interesting like first film. Yeah, I think I enjoyed it more than you because the when we finished watching it, yeah. you were just like, "Well, that was weird," and yeah. I was like, "Oh, I liked." It. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's not like anyone's. I don't think it's anyone's favorite Kate Blanchett film, mm. but it's an interesting. It's an interesting film, story, yeah. It's yeah. an interesting film to check out, see like a really early film. Of She's hers. so young in it as well. Yeah, well, it was the, the, literally the next film after that was Elizabeth, which we, we spoke about earlier. Yeah. So uh, the next film we watched um, was uh, the talented Mr. Ripley. That was that came out in 1999, mm. um, and she's just she's not got a huge part in that. It's quite a small role. Um, she just sort of like pops up a few times like throughout the film. Interestingly, um, the fact that she has a small role is kind of relevant. Right. Um, because she um, had read the script and she was really interested in playing that that role. Right. I can't remember the name of the character, Meredith. She was Meredith, really interested yeah. in playing in playing the role of Mer- Meredith, yeah. even though it was such a small role. So the writer was quite surprised that she had a certain interest in okay. the smaller part. Yeah. Uh, just because she liked that character. So he actually then expanded that role. So initially, oh, cool. initially it was a really, really small role. Oh, that's so weird. And then it, it expanded, so 
she's not in it for a long time. No. And then she, you see her very briefly at the beginning and then she doesn't come in until like way, way, way yeah. into the film. So, yeah, it's, it's a really small role. I actually mm. really liked this film. I had never seen it. It's a really famous film that I'd never seen until mm. recently. Yeah, uh, it's really good. But she didn't have like a major role in it. Yeah. Um, but good film. Uh, what else did we see? The next one after that was The Gift. The Gift, yeah, 2000. 2000's The Gift. This was a really weird film because she's got, she plays a character who has like, um, like, per- like extra century perception. Yeah. So she kind of like can, she's basically, it's basically they're searching for like a missing, missing woman and she can like, she's really, um, like hesitant at the beginning to like offer her help to like the police and stuff because it's in it's in a kind of area where there's a lot of prejudice. I was actually really disappointed with this film. Yeah. I I thought I was going to really like it because I like the premise because I really like the film um and the book that it's based off of mm. um The Dead Zone. Uh with the film it's uh Christopher Walken. Right. And it's a similar thing where he has these psychic abilities and then the middle uh, um, the middle act of that film is him helping police and in investigation. Yeah, yeah. But it's only the middle act of that film. That film is very like three separate acts. Right. And uses of his abilities. But after watching that, I've seen that a few times, but after watching it again last year, yeah. I thought I want, another, I want a film where they use the premise of the middle section of this. Right, yeah. So after searching, I found The Gift with Kate Blanchett. I was like, awesome, this is going to be great. Yeah. And I found it kind of disappointing because yeah. it doesn't do a lot with it. It was a little bit lackluster. Like there could have been, they could have like made better use of it, I think. Mm. And yeah, unfortunately you get to see Keanu Reeves as like a real arsehole in it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like seeing Keanu as a bad man. It's about we talk about Tom Hanks in Tom a Hanks as a villain. man. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, it's, it's it's good. It's like worth a watch if you've got nothing else to watch. But... Yeah, I guess. It's not, wasn't my fave. Yeah. Um, again, this is the, it's another example of her like doing things relevant to the role to get into character for it though. Okay. Because um, for this, she she went and visited lots of uh, like fortune tellers oh, of her cool. own to like get to watch them and how they did it yeah. and speaking to them. Because that's um, what she does, basically. Like she's just sort she's of a fortune a, teller, yeah, yeah, fortune teller in her like apartment and stuff, and people yeah. come and like see her. And then the the authorities, like the cops, are just like searching for answers. And then they're like, "Well, we might as well give it a go." Kind yeah, of thing. I think part of the reason I didn't enjoy it so much maybe is because it, maybe it's on me. Maybe I was expecting something different. Right. I thought it was yeah. There's a psychic who works with mm. the police. To solve crimes. Okay, so like on the roster so, kind of thing. Yeah. Listeners, if any of you are listening to this and you know a film that's like that, link the middle section of the dead zone if you ever see it. I really want to watch a film <laughs> which is that, basically. Yeah. But I it's thought... not, it's one case. It kind of turns into a courtroom drama, more so. Yeah, it's really weird. What does being psychic enable you to do? Oh, well, I see things. And I, you know, I sense things that. Well, they hadn't happened yet, or they were happening someplace else. My granny told me that I, I had a gift. It runs in my family, and she told me that I shouldn't be afraid of it. I should just always use my instinct, and I'd, I'd be all right. Um, she's really good in it, anyway. Kate Blanche is really good because she's very, like, conflicted, like hesitant to help when she's just like, "Well, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna throw this back in my face," sort of thing, like, because I know that you can. It's like conjecture and all that kind of stuff. So but she's, but she's she's good. She's very good at like ethereal type characters. Yeah. 
Um, so even like we talked about Carol, she's yeah. kind of like there's something mysterious and ethereal about her. Yeah. And that's why she's so good with Lord of the Rings, like Galadriel is that sort of ethereal. I was going to say like moving on to Lord of oh, the Rings. Oh, is that the next one? Well, yeah, pretty much, yeah. Um, Lord of the Rings came up in 2001. She's very like um, mysterious. Well, between that is Bandits, which I yeah. haven't got too much to say. We did watch. Um, I didn't love this one either. This was uh, Billy Bob Thornton and Bruce Willis. Oh, God. <laughs> like a couple of con men is based on a true story. And then they kidnap her and then they both fall in love with her. And I thought this would be fun based on the description. But, but she, yeah, and she, it's so it weird because she like enables them. She's like, I love you both kind of thing. And then she's like playing them off against each other kind of. And it's just like the weirdest. It's a weird film. It's a weird tone. Yeah. It's kind of, is it a wacky comedy or is it a serious biography? Or is it like, what? what is it? Yeah. I just found it a bit of a mess. It was bizarre. Um, so yeah, we don't need to talk too much about bandits. But yeah, let's talk about Lord of the Rings. We talk about ethereal characters. And yeah. that's what she, she does and what she's good at. It began with the forging of the Great Rings. Three were given to the elves, immortal, wisest, and fairest of all beings. Seven to the Dwarf Lords, great miners and craftsmen of the mountain halls. And nine, nine rings were gifted to the race of men who above all else desire power. For within these rings was bound the strength and will to govern each race. But they were all of them deceived. For another ring was made. I loved her in Lord of the Rings. She's so good. It's probably the first time that I would be aware of who she was. Yeah, I mean? probably. Yeah, definitely. Uh, because obviously those films were huge. Yeah. I went to the first one come out, 2001. She's like the perfect elf as well, like... The perfect elf. You know, like, yeah, but do you know what I mean? She's very, like, like tall and slender and, like, the way that she moves and stuff and the way she speaks. Well, like, I was... Just, uh, they've definitely got that, like, nailed, nailed down with her. I was a teenager when these films came out and they were huge and everyone loved them, but I didn't. Right. I didn't care for them. I didn't care at all. Um, I wasn't... I'm still not majorly into fantasy. Mm. And I didn't actually watch them till I was probably... Oh, 19, mm. 20 even, 20 mm. I think, yeah. before I watched them. And I watched, like, I think I borrowed the extended edition trilogy off someone because I'm like, I can't even watch it, you've got to watch them. So yeah. I watched them over the course of a weekend and was like, well, that's that. Like, I don't need to watch them ever again. Yeah. I've seen them now. They were fine. And they're just not my thing. But I, I did like some of the characters in it. Like, yeah. I liked the whole thing with um, Wormtongue and Aragorn and that whole thing. Yeah. Definitely the middle film was the one I enjoyed the most. Yeah. I'd seen the beginning of the first film so many times. Yeah. Because it was just, everyone was watching it all the time. Yeah. Waiting for the next one. And even in school, people would like, you know, when people bring in their own VHSs. On those days, everyone was always sitting around watching Lord of the Rings. I went on a school trip to France Everyone was watching Lord of the Rings on the coach. <laughs> oh I couldn't God. escape it, but I didn't want to watch it. <laughs> so it really soured me. It made me not like it. You know, like ran it against it. Yeah, yeah. Like, stop making me watch this. Another example of that was the Pirates of the Caribbean films. Um, when they yeah. came out, everyone was watching all the time. I was like, I don't care. <laughs> I I really like Lord of the Rings. I can't remember when we got... We must have got the... When it did came out on like, DVD. I don't think I did. Um, I'd have been like 11. Hmm. So probably not because my mum would have been just like meh. Uh, 
I was very good friends um, at the time with. I'm trying to think who was the people that I like, loved it, especially like, like so. A lot of the time, there's been nothing to anyone listening, but a group of my friends that we used to hang out around up the city with. We used to mm. going up, going up the city, you know, just yeah, yeah, yeah. walking around with no money. Uh, the weekend, hanging around at the mall, and um, <laughs> if you can call it that, it's like yeah. Well, it's the most American sort of place in England, isn't it? Where we grew up, Milton Keynes. So, it's yeah. the most American style Biggest city. shopping centre. Yeah. yeah, there's a big shopping mall, and yeah, we used to hang out up there. And uh, Laura. Hmm. was well into it alongside right. like Hayley and 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 the, the other people but they were well into it yeah so Laura would buy like Aragon merch and Legolas oh merch and I was like I don't know who these people are I don't know if I love it that much I love the um I must have gone to the cinema at one point because I remember having a map Right. Like a promotional, it was like a square, it was like a map and it had all like the elven writing on it of and stuff like that. Yeah, and I loved that because I Did it I'm, have the journey drawn on it? No, it oh. was just like a little square, it was about that big, I'm holding up my hands. Right. It's like kind of a Small. bit fatter than A5, but like shorter. Mm. Um, yeah, and it was amazing and it was some sort of like promotional material and I ended up like laminating it or something because oh I just like, lo- like, I love that stuff like <laughs> but the inside stationary kind of like all the paraphernalia that goes, I would love to just be like a graphic designer for film, that's like. Those maps are on good- the inside sleeves of the extended editions right that's what i remember from the dvds when you Were pull out big? each one no it's it's printed on the inside when you uh, okay. unfold the, oh on the back like on the inside of yeah the case. so the extended yeah. edition dvds that i remember this is a weird tangent but they would be like a book size sized yeah. dvd case because it was on multiple discs yeah so then it, the whole thing would open out and then open out again and disc right. disc and it'd have the chapters and it'd have little asterisks next to the scenes that weren't in the theatrical version to show you what how much was added in yeah but on the reverse was the map right and also the footprints the of, of what who went on what part for that film. Oh, that's cool. So you could see the journey that was covered in that film. Oh, that's really good. No, this was just like a tiny little promo That's what thing. I remember looking at. But I must have gone to the cinema to see one of them to get that map thing. Mm. So um, I don't know if it was the first one or not. So while we're on Lord of the Rings, <laughs> there's a long tangent just about <laughs> Lord of the Rings in general. Obviously, Cate uh, Blanchett plays Galadriel. Yeah. Um, I've seen this film once, so um, I don't have too much knowledge on Lord of the Rings but she filmed for only a month for the whole thing wow what for all three films Mm, because they all filmed together holy moly and um, she wasn't actually the first pick she wasn't supposed to be Galadriel oh really the original actress uh, fell pregnant right and she was she had, yeah, she was replaced by Kate Blanchett wow and when I saw who the original actress was I was like I can't imagine that because it's so like when I think of Kate Blanchett, that's like one of the roles I think of. Yeah, who was it? It was Lucy Lawless. Oh, weird. Uh, most famous for Xena Warrior Princess. Wow. No, Kate was. She's a good fit. Sorry. Yeah, I just I thought that was unexpected. Mm. She said that she was well excited to wear the ears. Mm. She'd always wanted to wear something with ears prosthetics, weirdly, <laughs> and she actually kept her elf ears and bronzed them. Oh, that's really cool. And has them as a memento. Yeah. Um, but we might as well just talk about the whole trilogy because she's she's in all of them, mm. but she's not majorly in all of them. She's not like a main character. No. But she's an important ancillary character yeah. who pops up in all of them. She's like a thread running like the whole thing. Yeah, like in the second film, she I got it written here, she's only in three scenes in the whole film. Wow. But she is a, a prominent thread in those films. Yeah. 
So there, yeah, important important films for her. But yeah, there we go. So um, we also watched uh, Shipping News, which came out in 2001. Um, yeah, this was on a real, like, heavy period of, like, constant filming she yeah. was doing. Because you can see in 2001, she appears she had four in films out. four she films. Had Bandits, Lord of the Rings, Charlotte Gray, and then Shipping News. And then also Heaven, which came out in 2002 slash 2001. Yeah, she, this was, like, the most intensive period of filming that she had. Yeah. But... In these films, it's, the reason is, like, Lord of the Rings, she only filmed for a short amount of time, yeah. and those films came out over the course of years. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I sure, I'm felt sure more prominent. they had a lot of stuff, yeah. like, post-production going on as well. And the shipping news, mm. again, she's, weirdly, she has such a tiny role. Yeah, she's in only, like, the first, I'd say, like, ten minutes maximum. I mean, I had seen this before. I had watched the shipping news when I was a teenager. Oh, okay. I do forgot. But, like, a she... young teenager. Yeah. And I'd forgotten she was in it. I'd forgotten most of it. I remember, like, not someone recommended it to me. Mm. And there was a guy who I used to, he was well into films. Mm. And he was, like, in his 50s. Yeah. And he was, like, uh, the stepdad of a friend of mine. Mm. But I was getting into films and he was well into it. And he had this massive, huge collection. He would mm. recommend me films. And he'd recommended it. He was like, watch this. It's, you might like it. And I remember watching it and thinking, this is terrible. I hated it. Oh, really? So for years, I just thought I'd hated it, but I couldn't remember it at all. And so mm. I was like, yeah, I'll watch it again. And I really enjoyed it the yeah. second time. I really liked yeah, it. Yeah, it's a really good film, but Kate's, unfortunately... Well, there's a reason I couldn't remember that she was in it, because she's in it for about five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, to avoid avoiding spoilers, but about five minutes into the film, we're like, oh, so she's not in this anymore. Yeah. And was like, should we carry on watching anyway? <laughs> Ron, our Kate... Blood to like film flex, and she's like stars in this one. For yeah, all. if I'd remembered at all that she was even in it and how small her role was, probably I would probably said we didn't need to watch it. But then I was gonna, I did watch it because I actually really liked it. Mm. We did watch Heaven though, which is the next one, came out in 2002, which was like a really super interesting story. She basically, like, yeah, her husband like dies, and then she plants a bomb. And, like, tries to kill this guy who's, like, a drug lord. Mm. And then it goes wrong. Uh, and then she's, like, interrogated. And then the guy who's in the interrogation room, like, the translator basically, like, falls in love with her. Mm. And, like, tries to help her escape and stuff. Yeah. So it's a really interesting, like, story in terms of, like, their relationship. It's all about him sort of being, like, being infatuated with her. Um and then, like, escaping and stuff, which is really cool. I had never heard of this film. No, me neither. And it's such a strange film. And by, by the way, this is a foreign film. Mm. This is an Italian film. Yeah. Um, she's the only English-speaking person in the film. Yeah. Apart from the translator speaks some English sometimes. But she speaks Italian in it as well. And she speaks Italian in some parts of it. Mm. Everyone else speaks Italian. It's, like, it's like completely subtitled. Yeah. Ho chiamato tante volte e non avete mai fatto niente. Allora ci ho pensato io. Ho messo una bomba nel suo ufficio. Esploda tra 40 secondi. Chi parla? Filippa. Filippa Packard. And um and this is like kind of everyone when this came out like she would have been a very famous actress mm. so it was kind of a weird choice to do like a low budget Italian film mm. but I really liked this film. Yeah, there's only like three or four locations like it's a really small but yeah, I did like it as well. Um, um, and really she stars alongside uh, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. Who she'd previously starred alongside in The Gift. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and I think they actually work surprisingly well together. It's not a combination I would have thought of, but yeah. they're really good together. Yeah. So, yeah, he's the translator. Giovanni Ribisi plays the translator. Yeah. But, um, yeah, 
Also, oh, one of the major things she was excited for for this film. Mm. Um, there's a section in this film where she shaves her head. Oh, yeah. Um, sort of maybe two thirds into the film, maybe like yeah. the final act, she shaves her head. And when we watched it, you said to me, did Kate Blanchett really shave her head for this? Yeah. And yes, yeah, she did. And that was yeah. one of the reasons she took it. She was well excited to shave her head. Do you know what? And then I've just seen, like, a year later, yeah. she's in Veronica Gurin. Yeah. And she's got really short hair. Yeah. And like, as uh, the same as the journalist, like, it's, she's, it's actually like an accurate portrayal. She actually shaved her head when she was a teenager. Oh, really? When she was like 15, she shaved her head, yeah. like an, on an impulse. Mm. And, um, I don't know if she nearly got fired or did get fired from her job. Oh, really? She just like turned up with a shaved head. And they were like, you're not presentable or something. And That's she lost crazy. the job. So she was well excited to shave her head again. <laughs> uh, I guess she still had that rebellious streak from then. She looks great with a shaved head. Yeah. So that was one of the major reasons she was excited to do that film, to shave her head. Yeah. But, that's um, pretty cool. Yeah. It was a really good film. Really good. And she's really good in it. Because yeah. she's got, she gets to run the gamut of emotions. She's like angry because she's basically a terrorist. Yeah. And she's emotional because she's lost her husband. And, and the plan because goes she, wrong. Her plan goes wrong. Yeah. And, but she's still, that anger's still in her. She still wants revenge. And, and then she's got this sort of like, um, emotional, like, yeah, she starts guy. having emotions yeah. for the other guy. So you've mm. really got a lot of range in that character. It's mm. a really, really good film. Yeah. And then you just mentioned Veronica Guerin. Yeah. Which I really liked, actually. Yeah. Um, it's like a biographical, it's about a journalist. Um, she writes about like drug dealers in Ireland, basically. Yeah. Um, and it's really super interesting. But it's a true story. It's a biography yeah. about, you know, there was certain times where, um, when like drug culture crazy. was really bad yeah. in, in Ireland. And it's about that time period. She's trying and- to like break, yeah, break it and kind of get media attention yeah. on all of this stuff happening. And she it, sort of, a, um, she sort of puts herself in harm's way a little bit. Like she oh, puts herself she in the firing well line, it. you know? Yeah. 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 She makes herself a target and it's quite, um, yeah, it's quite scary at times. Like, yeah, it was quite like unflinching. Yeah. The way it was filmed, like when she's going into the drug dens and things like that. Mm. Uh, it felt kind of quite raw. Yeah. Almost like a, like a TV movie. Like yeah. sometimes I find TV movies can be a little bit more raw. Yeah. And it felt like that. And I didn't know about, cause obviously it's a true story and, this isn't really spoilers because they show it at the beginning of the film. Like the character dies. Mm. It is about a journalist who was killed. Mm. So you see her killed in the opening scene. Yeah. That's why it's not really a spoiler. But then you see the events leading up to it. Yeah. Um, and like so when they it, come to a house and stuff and it's like... Yeah, it's scary. And it puts her yeah. family in harm's way and, yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, I didn't actually really love this film. Mm. Uh, I thought it was, you know, okay. But it was interesting. Like, mm. uh, sometimes for these, I thought it was really interesting. With these biographical really films, even if I don't love them, I still find them interesting because I'm learning about something that actually happened. Yeah, I, fi- I find them, like, really important because this stuff, you know, like, shouldn't be forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it was really interesting. I liked it. I thought she did... Sh- her performance was really great. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Well, she, obviously, it's set in Ireland. She's putting on, like, a thick Irish accent and yeah. convincingly, very yeah. convincingly. The whole time. So good. Um... Sometimes when people are putting on like a quite a thick accent, it can be quite jarring and yeah, you hear them falter. Like a bit like cringy or whatever. But I didn't really um, think the accent faltered. No, I thought it was done great. really well. It's a waste of time when I'm writing. I'm a reporter. I'm supposed to be writing about things that matter. I have a great life. I have a great family. But I feel like I should be making a difference. 
Um, she reminded me of my mum in this, an Irish version of my mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, her persona was awesome. Like she's quite like flappy and just kind of all over the place, but then very like calculated. Very driven, and, yeah. Yeah, driven, yeah. So I, yeah, I really like that. Uh, okay, so next, well, she did coffee and cigarettes. You didn't, you haven't seen this. No. Um, I watched this years and years ago when it first came out, actually. So mm. I was probably too young to actually appreciate it. I'd only been about fifteen. Mm. It's just um, so I've really got much to say about it. It's interesting if you're interested in just her segment, you can just probably find that online because the the idea of coffee and cigarettes is it's it's loads of just scenes with different actors in each scene mm-hmm. that all take place around them drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. Oh, okay. And there's loads of different actors and people in it. That's cool. Um, I can't remember why I watched it. I think I was well into the White Stripes at the time, and Jack White's in one of them. Yeah. Um, that was why I sort of sought it out because it was in a lot of like it music seems quite magazines. Like an arty kind of. Yeah, it's all filmed in black and white, film. and there's there's lots of interesting people involved. Mm. But yeah, that was like a sort of kind of probably just like a fun concept to do. Yeah. For her, but the next major film she did was The Missing. Yeah. Oh, this was really good. You liked this one? Yeah. I thought you would. Um, this is kind of panned though really yeah i like the film like it's really cool she basically has to like her family gets attacked doesn't she this is like really old school like uh um it's basically a western yeah in the west um said it's uh 1885 in new mexico oh she, yeah she's a medicine woman so yeah. she's like a healer kind of thing and I, and her family gets like abducted yeah. Um, and she's basically got to go after them. Well, her, her husband's already dead. Oh, yeah, but he gets daughters. murdered. Yeah, these yeah. Um, Native American Indians kidnap her daughter. Um, and not, like they're trying to get her down to Mexico to sell sell it. She's not the only prisoner that they have. There's a few. They like yeah. collect them and then they go and sell them in a big job lot. And her dad um, is a tracker. He yeah. is like a Native... He's not a Native American, but he married and ingratiated himself into yeah, the tribes. Yeah, so he's like... But he's a bit of an outcast, I guess. Yeah, he's like because a bit he's of a... not purely because he's a white guy. Yeah, but he is not really because he's grown up and been yeah. around that lifestyle. And they're kind more. of yeah, they're kind of estranged. Um, her dad's played by um, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, weirdly. <laughs> um, yeah, he's they're got, really like, they're long estranged. Hair and stuff in it. And then he sort of comes back in the picture, and then her family. Yeah, her daughter gets like kidnapped, and then he's like, "Let me help. Let me go and get her." And she's basically like. Okay, but I'm coming with you. Yeah, and then she has to, to rely her. on him because he yeah. is a tracker. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. he can find. He knows how these people work. Yeah, yeah. Because it is a, like another tribe. Yeah, and um, super. He knows how to track them. And I actually did really like this film. It was. It wasn't like the best film. No, but it was good fun. Like yeah. you know, I want to watch Kate Blanchett and Tommy Lee Jones like trek across the Wild West. It's yeah, fun. It's pretty cool. And that was what what um, I love westerns anyway. That's what she liked about it. She was yeah. like, oh, like how fun is this? Like I get to be in like a western with like you know proper uh, like cowboys and Indian style, yeah. basically. Definitely, it was, yeah, it was it was quite fun. I mean, it was also like pretty brutal, but. Um... Yeah, I thought this was a bit of like a hidden gem. I know it's a little bit panned, but I thought it was a good fun watch. Mm. And I I remember my brother, too. He lasted six years. I bet you never even knew his name. And I remember praying hard every night that you'd come home. But on the day I put him in the ground, I remember praying even harder you were dead. So you don't want to reminisce with me. That I promise you. I I like Kate in it a lot. She was very at times like showed like her confl- like conflict inside mm-hmm. her. She was like, oh, but I, you know, don't 
for whatever reason have a good relationship with my dad like how can I like trust him or whatever but then it sort of like repairs their relationship yeah um like when they find like when they're trying to find her her older eldest daughter they're her she's also got to take the the youngest daughter with them yeah she has to go with them yeah it's like a burden because obviously there's nobody at home any any longer and she's she sort of like trades her healing medicine healing for like assistance and aid and stuff along the way doesn't she mm. so it's pretty cool yeah underrated film mm. then a film i've seen many many times right uh unashamed uh wes anderson fan life aquatic. she's in the life aquatic yeah yeah so she plays a journalist in the life aquatic yeah um, so good such a good film it's a really fun film i mean it's a mess it's one of i think i think it's, it's crazy kind of, it's one of wes anderson's most brilliant films but also one of his worst films <laughs> depending on how you want to look at it like so much work and effort went into that film when you see it all but it's also a complete mess and the yeah. plot is a mess but that makes it kind of charming to me mm. there's so many good people involved in it and stuff and it's just a fun film but um interesting little fact i have about her role in that mm. her character is pregnant in that film yeah and on set actually why she was getting fitted Right. She, when she got fitted for her pregnancy suit, mm-hmm. the prosthesis and stuff, yeah, she fainted, right, and didn't know why. She doesn't oh, wow. doesn't have like uh, claustrophobia or anything like that. Oh, that's so. And weird. had worn prosthet- prosthetics before, and then she left. So went to doctor, came back, and she found out she was actually pregnant. Oh, that's so bizarre. <laughs> so yeah, Wes Anderson sort of was ribbing her for that, you know, saying she was taking method acting to like a new level and stuff. Wow. So that was where she found out she was pregnant. That's cool. On the set for that film. Hmm. But yeah, no, not too much to say about uh, Life Aquatic. I've it's, not seen it for so long. I should really watch it again because it's a good, it's a good watch. Yeah, I've seen it quite a few times. I imagine mm. Wes Anderson is probably a topic. He's got like a big catalogue, and people yeah. either love or hate his films. Yeah, uh, but it'd be a good one for us to do. She's for not life. got like a huge part in it, though, has she? It's not like a. Is it? Well, every, it's an ensemble piece, right? So like everyone sort of gets an equal got share, the same sized part. It feels like there's okay, Steve sure. Zissou, Bill yeah. Murray, and then everyone Everybody around else. him, right? Yeah, you know her and Angelica Houston and um, and uh, yeah, and and Willem Dafoe. Yeah, I mean, what, I'm, when I'm, what a great cast. I know. <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah, so Life Aquatic, but it'd be a good, what, where's Anderson films would be a good one for us to do for four and one more at yeah, some point. Yeah, definitely. Because um, uh, there's a lot of good films there. So the next one we watched was Little Fish, which is the first one she did after having her kid. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Crazy that she did like the Aviator and she won her, uh, she won an Oscar for that and then mm. she came back and then she did such a, like a small film. Yeah. And um, I didn't enjoy this film very much. No, she... It's really weird. She's like an ex-drug addict. Yeah. Um, And it's just quite, like, low-key in terms of, like, the storyline and stuff. And she's... It felt kind of like... It's a bit weird. It it felt low-budget. Yeah. Which I don't mind. No, no. Like, the story just drags on. It doesn't, like doesn't feel like time. it's got a lot to say. Yeah. And this is me moaning about a film with Sam Neill in it. So, yeah. you know, it can't be that great. Um, and who else is in it? It's, it's a kind of a weird... Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Weaving. Yeah, yeah. it's a weird cast. Hugo Weaving, Sam Neill mm. and Kate Blanchett. And it's an Australian movie. So this is probably the only film we saw of hers where she's actually speaking in an Australian accent. Yeah. And... Um, I just found it meandering and kind of dull and it felt But like they it... sort of did it off the back of Lord of the Rings, Return of the King, because like both her and Hugo Weaving would have been in Australia. Well don't at the forget time. she would have filmed that years ago though. Oh right, yeah, okay. That's the third Lord of the Rings film. 
Right, so it would have taken ages to come out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, that makes no sense then. I was but, trying to like be like, oh yeah, this makes sense. Yeah, I don't know. But, I don't know what what it is what what drew her to this film, but yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't like enjoy this that much. It felt like it was trying to be quite artistic, but not really pulling it off and. Mm. just meandered yeah don't don't i don't recommend it It was one of my the weakest that we watched i thought what did you think of um babel that came out uh in 2006 that was the next one babel i i really like this film i really liked it but i thought her role in it was quite small yes she's basically um a tourist on holiday with her husband and then she but the the nature of the film Mm. means that again it's an ensemble film like Live Aquatic, like no yeah. one really has a massive role. Yeah, because it flips between like the, the the local like natives, and then like her and her husband, and then is there a, you've another? got the 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 ch- their children and the nanny, and then the oh, yeah. Mexican then family Japanese... that she's related to, and then the Japanese family. So the Japanese guy, and it his jumps daughter. between like four families. Yeah, um, across the all different parts of the world, you've got Mexico, yeah. um, America, Japan, Tokyo. And then where they are, where's it set? Morocco. Yeah, it was like, it was just like watching like a series of events like unfold. Mm. But so, you and saw like the gradually how they interweaved with each yeah. other. It was a really interesting, super interesting um, like concept. She nearly turned this one down. Oh, really? Yeah, she was on the edge of not wanting to do it because because the, 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 her, what happens to her character in it. Mm. And looking at the script, she knew that she would have to spend most of the shoot just like laying on the floor yeah and she was like oh, I don't know yeah it's gonna be tough hard work mm. um, but she really wanted to work with um, the director right um, what's his name right here uh, Inuritu mm-hmm. um, who's a massively well respected director he went on to to make you know, huge Oscars he won two Oscars in a row mm-hmm. uh, one of the people that have done that um, with Birdman mm-hmm. and then uh, what's the big Leo one The Revenant yeah so it's the same guy who did those Massively well-respected director, uh, makes really interesting films. I've mm-hmm. enjoyed all of his films I've watched, and um, yeah, I thought this was a really interesting film. Like you said, she doesn't have a major role. Yeah, it's not a massive cape, but it, well, film, it kind but... of everything centers around her role in a way. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, and she's uh, married to Brad Pitt in it. Yeah, it's their first collaboration. Yeah, they're really good. Like I think they played off each other like really well. So, um, this was actually one of my favourites that we watched. Yeah, but like you say, she it doesn't. I wouldn't. Put she it... doesn't have a whole lot to do in it. Yeah, I wouldn't be like. What she did was good, but she didn't have a whole lot to do. Yeah, I wouldn't say like, oh, it's one of Kate's like strongest films because yeah, but it's an awesome film. Yeah, if I was basing this on just like my favourite films, not taking into her account, it probably would have been in my favourites mm, we watched. Yeah, but taking it into account of my favourite performances and films with her, mm. I wouldn't say yes. But then it's one of those films where I wouldn't. It's not the performance that made the film. Mm. It's the concept and the and the setting and stuff. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, the next one we watched, Notes on a Scandal. Yeah, this was, uh, she was nominated for this one. Uh, supporting actress, she was nominated for, didn't win, but. Yeah, this was, this was such a weird, like, it was an uncomfortable watch. She was, like, fantastic in it, but the storyline and stuff was just, like, a little bit. Um, uncomfortable? Yeah, just, like, really uncomfortable. And, um, like, the relationship that she develops with Judy Dench's character is like really oh, yeah. bizarre. Like that takes a weird turn. Yeah. It's another one of those where it's like, who's the lead actress? Who's the supporting? Yeah. But that was of Carol. For this one, Judy Dench was nominated lead yeah. and Kate was nominated supporting. Right. But yeah, this is a weird film. I yeah. never thought when we sat down to watch this, I'd be watching a film where Kate Blanchett played a paedophile. Yeah. <laughs> and then Judy Dench just plays like a control freak like psychopath a creeper, person yeah. like she's it, it's a weird manipul- film. like so manipulative if you want to watch two great actresses play very strange roles for both of them yeah then this is one to watch but it was yeah it's like what, a fascinating film like i was just sort of like uneasy the whole time we were watching it because you kept getting up and walking into the kitchen because i was like i can't can't watch it, it like i can't deal with it yeah it was really tense like the whole thing um like obviously they were both fantastic in it um yeah it's not an enjoyable watch but it was a brilliant performance yeah i did like i actually liked the film it's one of them films where there's there's certain films like this where i i really like the film Mm. but it didn't i wouldn't say it's enjoyable to watch it no yeah um and certain films i always think like okay i love that film but i could never watch it again this isn't quite get to that level for me mm. my example for that was always be like rec room for a dream i don't think you've ever seen that but no. i think anyone who has seen that i know i had this conversation with beef and mm. he was like 
yeah, finally watched Rec Room for a Dream. I was like, yeah, do you, did you enjoy it but never want to watch it again? He was like, yeah, pretty much. Because mm-hmm. it is upsetting. Like brutal, yeah. Yeah, I never want to see that film again. Mm-hmm. But Notes on Scandal, yeah, I did actually quite enjoy it. Just for the performances. Um, they were really good. Yeah. I'm not there. 2007. Oh, well, hang on a second. Oh, are you going to mention be- Hot Fuzz? Of course I am. Because between <laughs> Notes on a Scandal and I'm not there... She had an, an uncredited appearance in Hot Fuzz. <laughs> and most, I think most people, because a lot of people have seen Hot Fuzz a million times because it's one of them sort of culty films. Yeah. And most people now know, oh, do you know it's Kate Blanchett? That she's, um, she plays his Nicholas Angel's girlfriend at the beginning of the film. They, they, they split up at the beginning of the film as well. Yeah. But she's in full um, sort of crime scene investigation, mask and coveralls. So you never actually see you her. You never see her, No. Um, <laughs> Such a good friend. And he finds out that she is, you know, dating one of the other guys in the scene who's actually also played by Joe Cornish. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> so they're both sort of uncredited in it. Yeah. You just can't switch off, Nicholas. And until you find a person you care about more than your job, you never will. Besides, you were the one who suggested we take a break. Yes, well, guilty people often make the first move. Actually, there's something I need to tell you. You're seeing someone else? Yes, how did you... Is it Bob? No. Does Bob look like the kind of person I'd go out with? It's Dave. Hello there. But she actually asked to be in it. Oh, really? Yeah. That's cool. When she heard that they were making um, a follow-up to Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Because she loved Shaun of the Dead. She was like, please give me a part in it. (laughs) <laughs> and it was already like ready to go. It's already like cast and everything, but they were like, okay, got a little, got a little cameo for you. That's cool. So yeah. Um, there's a few people with cameos in that. Like, um, you know, at the beginning it shows the flashback through, uh, Simon Pegg character's Nicholas Angel's sort of career and yeah. you know, running and all that stuff. And there's one where he gets stabbed through the hand by Santa Claus. Yeah. Santa Claus <laughs> is played by Peter Jackson, director of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Wow. That's so bizarre. <laughs> yeah. Just like cram all these famous people into like uncredited roles. <laughs> yeah. So there we go. But uh, the, the, I just wanted to obviously mention, I love Hot Fuzz. Yeah. Um, it is brilliant. But then you mentioned it's the film a big, after It's that. not a big Kate film though. No. But if, if I was one of my favourite films, it would definitely be in my top four for this. But I wouldn't put it in there. It's um, like one of her best performances. Anyway, I'm Not There, which is basically, uh, she plays Bob Dylan. Yes. Um, along six other, uh, oh no, along five other ar- actors, sorry. Yeah, the six so representations six, yeah. of Bob Dylan. Mm, it's um, fascinating. And there is kind of a mixture of the real him in some of the roles or the way people perceive like him or then the way yeah. he's written about himself or the characters he sort of portrayed as himself. It's a very sort of arty film. Yeah. Um, which doesn't have like a major through plot line for most of it. It's yeah. just... It's, it's quite like long. snapshots in time, isn't it? It's just a jumble of like events, basically. Yeah, and I, I'm not the biggest Bob Dylan fan. I don't mind some of his like bigger hits, but yeah. I'm not like a a big Bob Dylan nerd like a lot of people. Yeah, so, I think if I had of more knowledge of Bob Dylan, I might have appreciated a bit more. But I yeah. don't. Um, uh, I think there's loads, there's loads of references and nods. If you are like a Bob Dylan fan, like you've probably already seen this film. And if you are a Bob Dylan film, fan and haven't seen this film, you should watch it. Because yeah. it's made for you. There's references all over the place. I loved her, like Kate's performance. Obviously she's playing like 
a chap, which was really cool. And you she's playing Bob Dylan. Yeah. She was the most like overtly. I'm just playing Bob Dylan as Bob Dylan of all the roles. Yeah, she was very like just straight and narrow playing. I actually found her sections to be my favourite. Yeah, me well. too. I think um, just because they're a little bit less ambiguous. Yeah, they were they were the more like just straight down the line. Yeah. Uh, it was like him. It was like the the period where he turned electric and everyone turned on in him and mm. dealing with the interviews following that and him just like kind of burning out a little water bit, water off a duck's back, kind of yeah. like trying to get rid of all this like negative. Yeah, um, and kind of getting pissed off with the audiences and interviews, the backlash and, things and everything. Like that, yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it was interesting to see her play Bob Dylan. She was fantastic. Like, she was really good, brilliant in it. Um, oh, she was um, nominated again. Oh, wow. supporting actress. Cool. Didn't win. Uh, but another ensemble piece as well like this is like the third film we've mm. mentioned so far where she's part of a big cast yeah and um, it's, it's like she doesn't always go for the major roles mm. in films i feel like who did they cut who he was like nominated as like the lead role then i, don't I feel think that, like this there isn't, isn't one a, a film where there would be a lead role if she's any, the closest there is to a lead role i was gonna say if anybody was it would be her it would have, be her role in this film um because she like definitely shines through she's also on like the cover Oh yeah, she is the of the the major cover, the most commonly used mm. poster and cover that you see is is her. So I thought I wasn't a massive fan of the film, but her role in it and her parts, like this, her scenes were just like really good. I tell you, love and sex are two things that really hang people up. And why that is, well, I'll never fully understand. It was a really interesting film. Yeah. And I'm glad I watched it. Yeah. But not being a huge Bob Dylan fan, I feel like, I feel like a lot of it went over my head and I didn't get the most out of it. But it was really mm. nicely shot and filmed and mm. the way it was made in such an interesting way kept me engaged, yeah. even though it's so long. Yeah, yeah. Even though it was really long and I had no knowledge of the subject material, <laughs> it still kept me engaged. It can only be like a positive thing to say about the film. Yeah. But it's definitely not for everyone. Mm. So um, let's. I would. I would. Sorry, I'd like to see a version of that idea. Yeah. Done with David Bowie. Oh yeah. Because he's another guy who's written about himself as characters. Yeah. Many times to have like someone playing, you know, him, and that you and um, Aladdin Sane and Ziggy and all the different characters, but different actors portraying each version of him. That would be really be a really good way to do a a Bowie film in the same vein. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's what I was thinking when I was watching it. I was like, I'd like to see a David Bowie version of this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So let's chat about Elizabeth, The Golden Age, which was this part, well, we kind part of, two. Yeah, we kind of already did at the beginning, I think. It's um, not as good as the first one, basically. Yeah, and I just, to me, it felt the same as the first one because, mm. yeah. So I really liked it still. But she was still nominated oh, really? for this, yeah. So mm. she was nominated for the first one, lead actress. No, no, she was nominated for this one again, lead actress. You will leave my presence, sir. Go back to your rat hole. Tell Philip, I fear neither him, nor his priests, nor his armies. Tell him if he wants to shake his little fist at us, we're ready to give him such a bite he'll wish he'd kept his hands in his pockets. You see a leaf fall, and you think you know which way the wind blows. Well, there is a wind coming, madam, that will sweep away your pride. Um, yeah, she's great in it. 
but it's not as good as the first one. Her nomination on the made her right. the first female to receive multiple Oscar nominations for playing the same character. Wow, that's really cool. So that's a cool little tidbit for that one. Yeah. They don't normally do that for like sequels. You never stuff, see sequels getting yeah. nominations for things. Mm. So that's pretty cool in itself. Yeah. Uh, Indiana Jones, are you going to just quickly talk about that? Um, am I? <laughs> she did learn to fence for this role. Really? Yeah, and she practiced karate. That's crazy. So she could do all the, the combat in it. And she plays um, a very caricature Russian villain. Mm. You're not from around here, are you? Where is it you would imagine I am from, Dr. Jones? Well, the way you're sinking your teeth into those wabayus, I should think maybe eastern Ukraine. Highest marks. Colonel Dr. Irina Spalko. Um, she's a fun, campy villain. I know some people say the accent's really bad and a lot of people hate that film. I think she's a really fun, campy villain. Like, I really enjoyed her character when I saw it in cinema, but I am one of them people who, at the cinema, actually quite enjoyed Indy 4. Right. Um, where she spoke about it on... It's just a bit of, like, just more. fun. Yeah, mm. I mean, like I said on, on the Steven Spielberg 4 and 1 more, like, mm. it's no worse than Temple of Doom. Like, yeah. they're the lesser indie films. Mm. And there are bits I hate, like yeah. the fridge and shit, but, <laughs> you know... It's just a romp. It's yeah. just a fun romp. But yeah, you don't need to hear us all about Indy. It's not going to be in our top four, is it? So what's the next one? Um, she voiced uh, a character in Ponyo. Oh, yeah. She did a voice of Ponyo. But like, just by mentioning, like, I love Ponyo and I love the Studio Ghibli films. And some people prefer to watch them subtitled. Some people prefer the dubs. They always get good people to do the voices for the dubs, mm, though. Go and watch Ponyo, basically. And yeah, like, I, I won't give... Like what? That, this um, is the thing that she's known for. But yeah. go and watch Ponyo. Okay, it's a really nice, fun. Go and watch all the Ghibli films. It's basically <laughs> the um, Studio Ghibli doing their version of the Little Mermaid. Mm. A little bit. It's like their take on the Little Mermaid. So, two thousand eight, the Curious Case of Benjamin Button, okay. which I only watched like the other day. Well, I'll let you talk about this because I watched this when it first came out. Yeah. At the cinema. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sort of dragged to the cinema to see it and didn't really know much about it. Yeah. Didn't know how long it was when I went in. Yeah. And I sort of sat there and as the film went on and on and on, I became more and more irritable. Right. Um, but Because I like to prepare myself for a long film. Yeah. So I was like, okay, just we're going to see this film. Fine, yeah, I'll go and see it. And then like, we're getting into like, you know, the midway point of hour two. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, whew. How long is this going on for? And it really talked to me out of it. And I remember just like thinking I didn't enjoy this very much. Right. Because it's based on a, a short story. Yeah. So <laughs> um, the film's like... But you watched it recently. I said, I'm not going to watch it again, but you watched it because you'd never seen it. So what did you think? It's almost two hours, 50 minutes. Yeah. Um, I really liked it. Yeah. Um, basically, yeah, uh, Brad Pitt's character is like born... Like, he ages backwards. Yeah, he yeah. ages backwards. So he's born like an old man and then he go, goes like a baby. But... Uh, him and Kate Blanchett are basically the main characters in it. Um, and she, they meet when she's sort of like eight and then they meet again when she's like 12-ish. Mm-hmm. And then basically they sort of like keep bumping into each other. They have this sort of goal, if I'm rightly, like she's a dancer. Yeah. And they have like a golden period where their ages like cross. Yeah. And basically they have, yeah, that's when they have like a really long like relationship and yeah. they have a kid. 
Um, but he, yeah, just goes, it's basically follows his life kind of thing. But she's the narrator, so she tells the mm-hmm. story of his life, basically to her daughter, and which is like their daughter. Um, he doesn't know anything about it, which is um, really cool. Um, through like his diaries and stuff, but on her, she's like on her deathbed, like telling the story of it. It's really. Um, oh yeah, that took a lot of makeup. Yeah, that, I, I read a thing about it, and she mm. it was like really intensive, like long yeah. makeup sessions. It was that was re- like the makeup on that was really good to make her like super old. I thought you'd like it, which is why I suggested you watched it. Yeah, um, it was really interesting. Although as well. I, I had no want to watch it again, mm. it reminded me a little bit. Um, this might maybe way off base because it's been years since I watched it, but mm. of uh, Forrest Gump in a way, right. where you're following the life of an interesting guy. Yeah, there's similarities there. Yeah, but definitely. it's not as like like light hearted as Forrest Gump. No, it's I mean, quite like dour and dramatic, from what I can remember. Yeah, he goes off to like war and stuff. Yeah, for something like... for something that's such a wacky premise mm. it doesn't really ever have any fun it's always very dour mm. I think that's what put me off it I wanted a bit like a bit more levity mm. it's quite like three hours for this film that's so like kind of mm. I don't know I found it kind of pretentious a little bit and I like a pretentious film I guess I don't know why maybe if I watched it again I'd like it I just mm. have bad memories of it I yeah I liked it I thought she was great in it mm-hmm. um, because you see her Obviously, like age the normal way from like young to old, the which was way. which was the normal way, uh, which is quite cool. Like obviously, like you see him like de-age, and then and like her like prosthetics and like makeup and the way she's performing and stuff like throughout was pretty cool. Um, are we talking about Robin Hood? No. What are we talking about next, Hannah? Sorry, I'm back. Robin I was just getting, just getting some water. Just delete that. Um, the Robin Hood, you said. Right. Uh, we don't really need to talk about Robin Hood. It's a thoroughly mediocre rendition of Robin Hood. I saw it a long time ago. We watched it. No, only last year we watched this. It's the watch. Ridley Scott one. Okay, delete that then. It's not a very memorable no. version of Robin Hood. There's been a million versions of Robin Hood. I Best feel like the only Disney's. good one is, is Disney's Robin Hood. Yeah. But yeah, she plays Marion. Mm. We and, did watch. Um, yeah. We did watch Hannah, which came out in 2011. She plays another another villain. Villain. Yeah, this is actually she was kind of similar to the dastardly villain from uh, yeah. Indy Four. She really was, um, which is pretty cool uh, for a film that's so. Um, I feel like this film's quite well known and quite famous. I'd never watched it, but I'd always like seen posters mm. and made, heard reference to it. And when I finally watched it, I was like, "Really? This one? I didn't like it that much. I found it." Kind of dull. I like think, the concept. Yeah. Oh, they're making it into a TV series. It is they? a TV series already. Yeah. They're on series two. Oh, okay. Cool. Mm. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah, like, again, like, I'd never seen it before. Just sort of, like, came out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, okay. Uh, it was mm. cool. Was I, right. mm. I just found it, I found it quite messy. Mm. Like I said to you when we watched it, there were scenes where it was just like, how did how did they get here? It felt like it had been yeah. even badly made or like butchered mm. because there was just like, why why are they here now? Like it like just missing. for the sake of a cool yeah. scene. There's a bit where they're running through like a storage lockup. Mm. That's the bit that really jarred me. I was like, how did they get in here? Yeah, like why are they running along the top of these storage containers now? How did they get in here? Were the gates yeah. not locked? There's people. There's like forklifts driving around. Aren't they saying why are you running around? <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a bit weird. Like, but you know, suspension of disbelief. Mm. Um, I wasn't a big fan of Hannah. So next one, we've already talked about Blue Jasmine. That came out in 2013. Well, hang on a second. Before Blue Jasmine, you... I know we've talked about Lord of the Rings, but oh, are you including the Hobbit? Yeah, she reprised her role 
for um, the Hobbit trilogy as well. Mm-hmm. What brief quickly? We won't go on like we did with Lord of the Rings. What do you, what do you think of the Hobbit trilogy? It's alright. I don't think I like it as much as Lord of the Rings. It's not quite as like epic. A lot I of also hate think it. they really did like long it out. Yeah. Like they just like yeah. Considering there's three films about Lord of the Rings, which is like a book per film. And a huge book. And each yeah, book is bigger like than the Hobbit. Like a tome. And the Hobbit is a small children's book. That they yeah. It's a really annoying like I wish they'd have just given more films to the Lord of the Rings. Well talk about padding, like her character's not even in the Hobbit. Right. In the books. But uh, she's in all three of the a, Hobbit films. Really? Yeah. Oh. Uh, which makes her, aside from Ian McKellen, mm. them two are the only people who have been in all six of the Middle Earth films. Ah, oh, cool. But yeah, I know a lot of people really don't like those Hobbit films and they feel like they're unnecessary, they're stretched out too long. They're a bit too, like, comedic as well. Uh, well, yeah, they're based on a more light-hearted book anyway. Mm. But for me... It's like I said with the Elizabeth. Yeah. You know, I said, well, the second, everyone hates the second one. I was like, it felt the same to me. Right. I'm, the fantasy films aren't my biggest thing either. Mm-hmm. So I was just like, yeah, I have no fine. opinion on this. Yeah, they were just like, <laughs> oh, it's more Lord of the Rings. Okay. And I watched them and was like, okay, it's more, more fantasy nonsense. <laughs> it was fine. Like, I, I didn't mind them, but mm. like, I didn't hate them like everyone else. And I didn't love them. They're just another fantasy film to me. Mm. I, I would like to know, I can't think of one, if there's any, any fantasy films I really love. Tonight. Star Wars. Yeah. I consider Star Wars a fantasy film more than a sci-fi film. It's nothing scientific about Star Wars. It's heroes and Just fantasy. happens to be yeah. in space. Um, but I wonder if there's a pure fantasy film that would actually grab me. Don't know. So, uh, like I said, for the Lord of the Rings trilogy, mm. she only filmed for a month. Yeah. Do you want to hazard a guess for how long she filmed for the entire Hobbit trilogy? Was it like two weeks? Less. It was eight days. Whoa. Eight days filming, and she's in all, all three of them. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, okay, so we already spoke about Blue Jasmine. So, what's the next one that we saw? The Monuments Men. We've Monuments seen. Men, yeah. Um, and she didn't have a major role in this, and I didn't enjoy this film very much. It was one of the films that looked really interesting from the trailer, and then it was actually just kind of weak. Yeah, it fell, fell a bit short of like my expectations. She's not on the poster or anything. It's just about a big group of men. Mm. Um, and she's like the female character. It's a shame because like the concept's really cool. Mm. Like I love like the whole like we're rescuing like artworks and stuff. Um, obviously, I love war films. Um, so I yeah, hoped this would have been a bit better. But yeah. yeah, she's her part and it's not massive. Um, then she did another voice role. How to Train Your Dragon. Too. Yeah, she appeared in the second one because um, mm-hmm. it was her character, sort of like the big reveal in the second one. It's um, like the female she version. Plays his his uh, mum. Oh yeah. So when he finds his mum, and and she did that. She did How to Train Your Dragon two and three, mm. or the Hidden World, whatever the third one's called. And I like those films mm. a lot. I think they're the best DreamWorks films by a long way. And I think the second one's probably my favourite of them. Mm. Um, I actually didn't really enjoy the third one at all, unfortunately. Oh, okay. But she's in both the second and third. Um, and yeah, she was just like she was offered the role, and she took it because she it's like a film that she watched a lot of her family is mm-hmm. like her and her kids really loved the first one. That's cool. So well, I think at some I think it was at the Oscars, mm. the director said to her, "We've got to get you in the films," and she was like, "Oh yeah, I'd love to." Like get in contact with me. Me and my kids love that first film, and then director did and said and oh, so she voiced cool. um uh, i can't remember the character's name valka 
Yeah. In the in the second and third House Train Dragon films. Mm-hmm. So what else is worth mentioning? We didn't watch We didn't watch Carol. Cinderella. We watched Truth, which was another true story. Yeah. A truth story. Yeah, this was pretty cool actually. Um I quite like this. She's alongside Robert Redford. Yeah. She's like a um she's like a she's not on TV, but she's basically like researcher. The researcher behind Robert Redford's character who's like the news anchor. Mm. Um, it's for 60 minutes isn't it yeah famous uh, american show and he's playing dan dan rather mm. um so they're, they're playing like real people and they investigate um george w bush's like military service and stuff and they kind of like unravel yeah, right. the kind of the truths and the um what's sort of been omitted and everything this film was actually a big flop really yeah it didn't make any money um cbs actually mm. refused to show any advertising for this film they refused to air any advertising because obviously it's about 60 minutes which is on cbs and they said we're not airing adverts for this this is all absolute bollocks this is not how it happened this isn't true yeah but then dan rather when they asked him Mm. he was like no this is like exactly what happened this is like a very honest account of what happened wow yeah because Obviously, he's retired by the time the film came out because he retires at the end of yeah. the events of the film. Um, so he was like, yeah, this is totally true to what happened. This is bang on. Wow. Uh, but the CBS are like, no, absolute They're still absolute trying to falsities. We're not airing any the advertising for this. That's crazy. Because she, it led to her losing her job. Mm-hmm. Um, they fired her. Yeah. So she plays Mary Mapes, who was fired by them. I love films that kind of like expose like the shitty truths and mm-hmm. like that kind of that kind of thing. Like they're kind of, even if... It's uh, not the best outcome or whatever. I still love those films that kind of... It's like The Post and stuff like that. Like, mm. they're just kind of like unearthing stuff that happened. And, like, we saw the report earlier yeah, this week and everything. Um, stuff like that I really love. Was she... Um, she was actually considered for an Oscar nomination for this role. Mm. Um, but they were going to submit her um, for it. But you can only be submitted once in each category. Right. So they were like, do we submit her for this? Right. Or do we submit her for Carol? Right. before they'd come out. And it was the same year. Okay. And in the end, they went for Carol, mm-hmm. which was the right call. She didn't win, mm. but that film was a massive hit. And right. Truth was a massive flop. Is that because, like... Because if you look on, like, the IMDb, Truth is, like... I think it's like 6.8 mm-hmm. which is not too bad no it's not i actually find a lot of the best films are in that six to seven range yeah. they're the films i normally like because they're I sort of hidden gems maybe it was a flop because it just got bad press because like cbs were like boycotting it or and sometimes like, it wasn't enough. you don't know what it was up against at the cinema yeah, that true. comes into it uh some people don't always like these sort of dry biographical films they didn't always do like big money mm. so you know, but um, so another interesting thing about this film, actually, they filmed the whole thing in Australia. Oh, wow. Um, at her request. She was like, yeah, I really want to do the film, but I also want to be with my family because I've been away for ages. Oh. So they just filmed the whole thing in Australia so she could uh, oh be God, close to her family. Oh, my God, that's so good. Filmed. That's awesome. Hmm. That's really cool. Uh, but yeah, I, don't, I actually like this film. Like, it wasn't my favourite, but it's like up there. Like, mm. it was in the, the upper half of the films we watched. I thought it was... Kind of an overlooked film, mm. and I, I always enjoy Robert Redford. Yeah. So worth mentioning next is Manifesto, which we actually haven't watched yet. Uh, yeah, I didn't get around to it's it. It's on our list. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm I'm interested in watching. It. I probably will watch it because it, it 
I do, I don't think it's going to it wouldn't affect this because I mm. don't think it would be in my favorites but it's an interesting idea. She plays every character in the film. Mm. It's an art film. And I think I'm really it was originally to see it. it was originally for an installation I think. Right. And um, then but the performances were so good. It's only like, an hour and a half so yeah it probably makes sense. It's not like a full on. Yeah, and it's from what I I know about it, it is just a string of soliloquies where she plays different characters. Right, yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Cool. But be interesting to see her play all those different characters. Mm. So uh, running near to the end now, I've only got two more films to talk about. Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. I'm an unashamed th- fan of all the Marvel Cinematic Universe films. They're yeah. really good fun in terms of action films. Mm. She Them plays another like, kind of cheesy villain in this one. Yeah, but th- this is this is like leaned into it in the right way. Yeah. I, I think she's so fun in this film as well. Also hell. like Taika Waititi... Like there's obviously like two previous Thor films yeah, and this one is the third in the installment and he definitely sort of like brings something else to the table well, in terms of like the feel of it. The first ones were boring so he just destroyed everything that they set up. Yeah. Literally destroyed it. Um, and now everyone loves the Thor films and now he's making another one. But he is a good comedic director. Yeah. And he brought out really good comedic energy from all the actors in this yeah. including like her character's kind of um intimidating yeah but also just comedic enough like she has a few things like, i can't remember there's one line she says that really makes me laugh yeah um and she's very like oh, for god's sake sort of thing and yeah. it's I, I always like that for god's sake sort of character who's yeah. trying to rule but everyone's incompetent around her yeah yeah i am hella odin's firstborn Commander of the legions of Asgard, the rightful heir to the throne and the goddess of death. My father is dead, as are the princes. You're welcome. We were once the seat of absolute power in the cosmos. Our supremacy was unchallenged, yet Odin stopped at nine realms. Our destiny is to rule over all others, and I am here to restore that power. Kneel before me and rise into the ranks of my great conquest. Whoever you were, whatever you've done, surrender now or we will show you no mercy. Whoever I am, did you listen to a word I said? So she's a really fun villain and it's the first major like female villain in that franchise. Mm. Um, and they did it well. Yeah, it must have been super fun to play. Yeah, well, she accepted this at um, her son's advice. Oh, really? Her, her sons are, she has three sons, I think, mm. and they're big, like, Marvel fans. Oh, wow. And they were like, do it, do it, <laughs> sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, so they were really keen for her to, to appear in those Marvel films, so she yeah. took it because of that. She... And again, she studied martial arts oh, for this film. Oh, that's cool. She's so committed. Yeah. Uh, moving on, Ocean's 8, which you have not seen. Is this the I last have. one on our list? This is this the most recent one we've watched? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, so I'll, I didn't oh, watch Oh, she's this. in Mowgli, but only as a voice. So, yeah, so this is the most recent yeah. one. Uh, the most recent one I've watched is Thor Ragnarok, but yeah. you watched Ocean's 8. I did watch Ocean's 8. What did you think to Ocean's 8? I, would I actually love be really the Ocean's films. They're sort of like a bit of a guilty pleasure. Right. Like, they're not amazing but they're quite fun but this is quite, kind of a bit of a reboot right yeah a little bit it's, it's sort been of, years since the last one yeah was. and it's a, it's an all-female cast the cast is awesome so it's like 
uh, her like Kate Blanchett, uh, Sandra Bullock's like the main character. Uh-huh. Um, I can't. I have barely remember the. I've never seen Ocean's Thirteen. I barely remember the first two. Sandra Bullock's and, in the first one, right? And Hathaway, yeah. Um, Helena Bonham Carter. Like, there's some uh-huh. big big names. Rihanna's in it. M- Mindy Kaling. Like, yeah, like s- so many people. Um, it's quite fun. It's just a bit of a like easy watching. It can't film. kind it's of about, like, It's like a heist. Film. It feels like yeah. to me the sort of film that got pan- gets panned, but you kind of like a lot of those. <laughs> we said this on you, you. You said you know I like a lot of bad films on, yeah. one, on the previous episode. Sometimes, yeah, it, it was on the Sam Rockwell one because you said that the winning season. <laughs> these these kind of bad quote unquote yeah. bad films that come out, you have a bit of a soft spot for. Yeah, them. like they're just good fun, aren't they? Like it's easy watching. Brain off. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's quite cool. Like they're all very very like talented actresses. I, like- I think they just when they just like aren't like ramped up to the max mm. like it's quite fun to just watch them like have fun yeah exactly yeah. I, I like the look of the cast there's a lot of people in it i like but after seeing the sort of panning it got and seeing the trailer i was like i can i can skip Give it a miss. this yeah it's good fun do you think i would have liked it um i think you'd have been like it's a bit funny and it's all right okay <laughs> so all right it's more generous than i, I don't think expecting. you would have ha- like hated it oh really yeah okay. you'd just been like oh it's a fun watch all right, okay. Well, I, I hated Ocean's 12. Yeah, it's got like a different vibe. Okay. Um, That's why I've never seen right. Ocean's 13. It's just a good watch. Like if you're, you know, home alone or whatever, time's kill. You just want to like sit down, relax. So there we go. We've run through, um, ex- <laughs> it took a while, but An we've gone through all the ones way. that we've watched, which is actually most of them because we were keen to watch a lot of these ones. Yeah. She's got so many like different personas like she's just like super talented and can sort of just like pull out every angle mm. like you know um before really i watched all awesome. these yeah. films for this i didn't know that much about she, her. she was an actress who i was always happy to see pop up in a film yeah if i watched a film and, and uh, found that she's like oh cool i like her sort of thing yeah 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 and but i there was but when we went through i was like there's so many i haven't seen i didn't realize how many films she had done yeah and like a lot of them, like you said, like again, Ocean's Eight, an ensemble film. Yeah. She does just like pop up for like bits, yeah. and like she's not. I, I think- mean, the ones where she's like a main, like the main character, the main role, are like kind of there's a, as many of those as there are ensemble films for her. Yeah, her well, she is kind of considered a little bit of a workaholic. Like right. admitted, like self admittedly, she's like you know always wants to what's next what's next right. what's next so she will take these smaller roles she will appear in this ensemble piece mm. and then she will take these lead roles and yeah so like at the moment she's got like so much stuff she's in like two tv series she's got like and two films that are in pre-production as we speak so and she was um she was recently in where'd you go bernadette right which actually i don't think has even had a uk release yet it came oh, out in America. Right. It's one of them ones where, like, so every now and then a film will come out in America and we don't get it for, like, another six months or something. Oh, man. So, because I was going to go and see this, um, but then I don't I don't think it's got amazing reviews, but it looked fun and I was actually going to suggest we go and see it because yeah. I thought it was coming out during our Cape Blanchett film watching. Right. Either they just didn't play it at our cinema or it hasn't come mm. out here yet. But, um, yeah, that's her most recent film. Right. Yeah, we've not seen it yet. So, um, yeah, she's... Pretty awesome. It's getting on. Do you want to 
deliberate and then quickly wrap up the show? Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's deliberate now. We'll come back with our favourites and the ones we think she should be known for. I'm done. You're done? Yeah. Okay, so uh, we've decided on our personal favourite fours. Right, yeah. Do you want to go first? So, my, yeah, my personal favourites um, are Benjamin... In no, in no particular no, order? No, yeah, no order. Uh, Benjamin Button, mm-hmm. uh, Veronica Guerin, Whoa. Elizabeth, and The Aviator. Whoa, this is totally different to mine. <laughs> okay. Like, super different performances in all four of them. So. That's an interesting four. What about yours? Okay, so mine are Blue Jasmine. Right. Heaven. Okay. Um, the Aviator, which yeah. is the same as yours. And um, I'm unsure about my fourth because I love, probably in terms of my favourite, is Babel. Mm-hmm. But she's not. But then yeah. I, I don't know if she's got a big enough role to consider it. So I would mm. say Babel, but then, you know, if you want to take a different four from me, mm. I would substitute in, um, yeah, I would go for something fun. Mm-hmm. Life Aquatic or, or Thor Ragnarok. Okay, cool. I'll chuck in Life Aquatic. There we go. Okay. Life Aquatic, uh, Blue Jasmine, Heaven, Aviator. Mm-hmm. So but, what but, do but you... Babel, really, <laughs> instead of, instead of we... Life Aquatic. When we get to Brad Pitt, you can have Babel. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, then there might be like, like a lot of Brad Pitt films. That might oh, not no. be in my top four for him. So there we go. Wow. So, so that's a really interesting group of f- films yeah. between us. In terms of like what she should be known for right which just to remind ourselves on imdb currently is carol blue jasmine elizabeth and the aviator mm-hmm. do you think any of that needs substituting no, i don't i you think don't? yeah that's pretty much that's exactly what i've written what she should be known for because do you not think lord of the rings should be in there look yeah like i said at the beginning lord of the rings was in there when i started when we started like looking into kate blanchett mm-hmm. um so i think it like dips in and out but I actually think that like Elizabeth is more like her. So like, that's the one you would consider dropping. Well, that's the one that flips in and out. Exactly. So it's Lord of the Rings and Elizabeth that kind of like flip between one another. I would say Blue Jasmine definitely. That is yeah. her like Oscar-winning film, and like we said before, the mm. most nominations for a performance of any actress ever. Yeah, that has to be in there. Carol's brilliant. Should be in there. Carol was a close one for me in my top four. I know mm. I was interested that wasn't in your top four. Mm, I really loved it. It's but, um, a beautifully made film. Yeah. But it's just not necessarily my favourite film. But yeah. So maybe for that one. Definitely, it, was, it was definitely close in my top four. I think four. Aviator should definitely be in there. Yeah. Even though it's a supporting role. She won an Oscar for it and she's fantastic in it. Yeah. And it's a fantastic film. And it's a really... And it was in both of our faves. It's a really, yeah, it's a really good, um, like, uh, biographical, like, portrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're definitely agreeing on on Blue Jasmine and Aviator. Yeah, and you're saying keep Carol yeah. and Elizabeth in. So the ones are the only ones I was considering maybe putting in instead because mm-hmm. I've sort of got all them in there. But I was also maybe maybe Lord of the Rings, right? Just because how well known she is for that character. Right. Yeah. Um, and then maybe oh, the other one I was considering was I'm not there just because okay. she's an Oscar nominated performance for playing a man. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Which is pretty cool. And I think maybe I just yeah. overlook that because it's not it's an ensemble, whereas mm-hmm. the others like again, like Lord of the Rings, massive ensemble like cast mm-hmm. and she's not the main character in it. And she it's sort of like she's just an ancillary character that 
happens to pop up in like six films. Yeah. Um, Does that mean she is like the thread through those six films? Her and, and Gandalf are like the only yeah. characters. So that's the only reason I was thinking. But I still Lord think like there. Gandalf was a bigger player. In oh yeah, of course. Like, yeah. Well, she also narrates a mm. lot of like the intros and stuff to those films and yeah. the Lord of the Rings films. She pops yeah, up voiceovers. Who do you think Lord of the Rings is about, Gandalf? Lord of the Rings is about Frodo. Oh, it's about Aragorn, isn't it? Aragorn? I can't remember the names. Mm. He's the king, Return of the King. Yeah. But I think it follows Gandalf, like all of them, really, because it's like who Gandalf's around. Going off on a tangent again about Lord yeah, of the any- Rings. Anyway, uh, so, so do you think Elizabeth then? I do, Because it's yeah. the one that got her famous? Yeah. I'll concede Elizabeth then. And also, she's just so young in it, and it's a really like pivotal moment in her career. Okay, so if we've got Blue Jasmine, Aviator, Elizabeth, it's really between Lord of the Rings or Carol for us then. Mm, I'm still sticking with Carol, but... I'm still sticking with Lord of the Rings. Should we just toss a coin for it? Yeah, sure. All right. Heads or tails? Um, don't know. This is what it comes down to. We're just going to toss a coin. Heads, Lord of the Rings, tails, Carol. Okay. Oh, That's good. me dropping the coin. Where did it land? It's heads. Oh, Lord of the Rings. I mean, <laughs> I, it doesn't really matter. The, the, the thing comes down to the five that are the ones that rotate around. Oh, pretty much. Are the ones on. that we're yeah. deliberating between. Yeah. Um, the thing is, the ones that normally swap are Elizabeth and Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings yeah. Whereas we're kind of saying Carol s- switch around Carol and Lord yeah. of the Rings. Take it however you want as the number four. Officially on the touring cast, it was Lord of the Rings. If you prefer to substitute in Carol, do so. But Blue Jasmine, <laughs> Aviator, and Elizabeth, they Definitely are... Definitely watch them. The, the three. Yeah. And again, my favourites were The Aviator, Heaven, Blue Jasmine, and I went with Life Aquatic, but I just because of what it's so <laughs> fun. So feel free to substitute in Ragnarok. Yeah. And I actually really liked Babel. And I really liked um, Carol as well. I really liked yeah. it. Um, and I liked Notes on a Scandal, even though it was bleak. Mm. And you you went down on Benjamin Button, Veronica Gurian, Elizabeth, and the Aviator. Any yeah. other favourites you want to mention? Um, no, they're pretty. I'm pretty good with those. Yeah, Carol, I really liked as well. Like Carol was like super close. Yeah, I think that was like a close one for both of us. Mm. Just sort of nudging against because that it's top, like pretty much four. always in the top four. It's like a kind of a given. Yeah, like I said, it's it's not necessarily my favourite kind of film, mm. but it was. I can't deny the amazing performance yeah. and like it. Was, how amazingly shot mm. it was so that's it yeah that's it so that was really good so if you want to get in contact you can uh what's the email address known for pod yeah known for pod at gmail.com um leave a rate and review on itunes uh, we're still a fairly new podcast so mm-hmm. that would really help us we're going to try and get on a more regular schedule again now um and we are cutting back. We're going to try and do one a month. Mm-hmm. If we can get one a month, that'd be good. We've already started working on our next episode, which is the uh, Lawrence Fishburne one. Yeah. My choice. Uh, we've only watched two so far, but really man, good. he's so good. Like, I'm yeah. already really enjoying watching some old Lawrence Fishburne films. Yeah. I think it's, you forget how good he is. I'm looking... I don't know if we'll get time to rewatch The Matrix, but I really hope that we if do. If we get time, we'll try. Mm. If not, we've got a good list, though. Um, and if you've got any recommendations for us for him or the following episode from that which is Sigourney Weaver yeah then let us know quickly because then we can add them to our list I already had someone suggest a film for us for uh, Lawrence Fishburne which I've now put on our list so thanks thank you very much thanks for that 
So yeah, and we won't because we're only doing monthly now. We won't announce anything further ahead than that. Not yet. Yeah, on, we'll sort of announce two ahead at a time. Yeah, yeah. So they're my choices. It'll be Becca's after that. But yeah, Lawrence Ooh. Fishburne next month, and then Sigourney Weaver the month after that. Get your suggestions in. Um, any other things you want to say, Becca? No, that's it. Cool. And if you want if you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Bob Shoy. That's at B O B S H O Y. Finally, one thing I should mention is uh, there are extra episodes of a show that we do another film-based show that me and Becca do called Four and One More. Mm-hmm. And you can find them on my Patreon. If you support me uh, at the level of $5 or more a month, you get an episode of that a month as well. Uh, currently, there's Amongst three... some other things. Amongst other things, yeah. yeah. It also supports my other podcasts, Five Minute Folklore and Weird Tales and the Unexplainable, which also have bonus podcasts on there. But if you like the film stuff, there are currently three episodes of Four and One More already on there, mm-hmm. where every month me and Becca talk about our four favourites. Mm-hmm. Four favorite films and one more, category. yeah, of a particular category, often voted for by patrons. Mm. We sort we choose our top four, and then one interesting choice, one other thing that bears an mentioned. extra like tidbit that you should yeah. probably check out if you're into this category. Yeah, so so far on there, we've talked Pixar films, yeah, we've talked Quentin Tarantino films, yeah, and we've talked Steven Spielberg films. We just, that one just went up, which didn't just it? went up, yeah, um, cool. and they're really fun. I think they're really fun listens. Mm. So if you like films, go and listen to our favorites on there. Cool. So uh, until next time, uh, thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks. And uh, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne next. Bye. Bye bye. That's that. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag? Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.